Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Laura Capon. I'm Paisley Gilmore, and this week we'll be joined by Yasmin, who's an asexual model and activist. So, Paisley, have you seen the exciting news that you can now go and have an adult sleepover? Uh, the, new, the new lockdown rules? <laughs> of course I've seen it, Elsie. Um, this is why I have breaking news notifications on my phone for such um, important <laughs> announcements. Obviously, like when I first saw the headlines, which were all single people can now go stay at someone else's house, I was excited. Um, I bet you were. Of course. But obviously, when you actually read into it, it's not for everyone, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, you have to be living alone, right? Yeah, that's right. You have to be a, like a single adult, as in not in a not not in a relationship, but like a solitary person living in a house. Um, and you can form uh, a support bubble, in air quotes, um, with another person also living alone. Or if they have flatmates, you could, but all the flatmates have to agree to it and agree not to see anyone else. So it's kind of a step in the right direction. But hang on, so you could still do it if all your flatmates agreed? Yeah, so like say I live in a house with three friends. Yeah. Say I had a partner who lived on their own. If all my flatmates were like, look, we agree not to see anyone else or have sex with anyone else, your partner who lives alone can come over, then that's fine. But we couldn't all be seeing someone. Oh, but they have to say like they sacrifice themselves for you. Yep. Which would and and I are they going to do that? They're not going to do that because unfortunately one of my flatmates has a boyfriend, so he gets the priority because he's already got a boyfriend. When the rest of us are single, I did read something um, on my social actually, and someone kind of just said how it kind of shows how the government have prioritised like kind of traditional relationships over single people um because mm. especially if you do live um completely on your own I can't imagine how you've done all this time um without really seeing anyone um no. so I know you are desperate for a shag <laughs> but I get a <laughs> lot at of least you ha- yeah at least yeah. you have your housemates yeah and I think it's really important that the government has like acknowledged that people are obviously really lonely right now especially people living on their own so I'm glad people living on their own can go and do these adult sleepovers um but hopefully the next step when it's safe will be that we can do it too <laughs> Yeah, I love know? that. I'm I'm also a single person. I don't know why I just class you and I as different, but I feel like when, especially because I'm at home with my parents, mm. can you imagine setting them down and being like, "So, 
<laughs> you can't see anyone and I'm going to invite a random man over, okay? Cool. <laughs> Do you think they'd agree to that? Um, no. <laughs> no, I don't think they would either. <laughs> I feel like my mum would be like, mm, I'd rather see your nephew. I'd rather just see anyone except that option. <laughs> Some random man. <laughs> Um, My biggest concern is, though, the longer it goes on, which I totally understand it has to, and I'm always going to prioritise, like, my safety and the safety of others, but the longer it goes on, I think I've forgotten how to even, like, kiss someone, or how do you have... I can't remember how to have sex. I'm scared. (laughs) It's like... um, I'd say it's like a bike, but I do believe you can forget to cycle because that has (laughs) happened to me. Um, You'll just get back on it like a horse, you know? Way... Very apt. Um, <laughs> and also, I just think everyone's in the same boat. Like that's what we need to remember. I mean, apart from, I mean, I hope no one is breaking it, but I do think the vast majority of the population we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going to feel the same. So yeah, it'll be really awkward when we all do hook up again. But also, just think how excited we'll be. Oh, you're so right. And we can actually say the best thing to do is just in that situation, acknowledge how awkward it is and be like, this is weird, isn't it? And then that kind of immediately makes it less weird because you're all... Yeah, I feel like there'll be um, a lot of teeth clashing when we first start kissing again. Oh, (laughs) I wouldn't give for a tooth clash. (laughs) (laughs) That just brings back horrible flashbacks. Um, But yeah, I guess a step in um, the right direction. It sure is, Elsie. Um, Should we meet Yasmin now? cannot wait bring her on hi Yasmin hi <laughs> thanks so much for joining us thanks for having me and thank you for sitting I just had to do about three intros by the way everyone <laughs> there because I couldn't get my words out classic <laughs> and Yasmin was very patient and we appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> that's okay I get I get tongue-tied too so I'll probably do that during this podcast <laughs> we'll okay, let that you me feel better <laughs> um so how did you come to identify as asexual Well, I feel like I noticed around the same time as everyone else seemed to realize that they weren't asexual. I feel like there's a point in life where everyone pretty much is. And then I know the hormones kick in and puberty happens and people become more interested in sex and romance and being aromantic as well. The two things kind of blended together. So I noticed in like late primary school, I felt like I came back after the summer holidays and everyone was just acting different and people were less interested in just skipping and playing together and more interested in like fancying each other and going out. And I was like, what does that mean? We're 10. Um, (laughs) And then that's like when I realized something was up and something was happening to everybody. And I assumed it would happen to me, but I wasn't going to encourage it because observing it and everyone else, it looked like effort. So. I just kind of went to an old girls school in the hopes that like no one would care about dating and boys. I feel like that was the worst idea you had. (laughs) (laughs) Girls school. I went to girls school and it is worse. It's hornier, if anything. I I agree. I, I mean, that idea was completely backwards because I think the people felt deprived of boys and therefore, they were thinking about them 10 times more. And therefore, it was more obvious that I wasn't. And then the alternative was, okay, let's just hook up with each other. And I wasn't doing that either. So <laughs> I think it actually had the opposite effect of, of what I thought. So were all the girls at school kind of talking about boys and like fancying them? And then you were just like, I don't get this at all? Or 
Yeah. And it was funny because obviously there weren't any boys to fancy. So it was kind of any teacher under 35, Jonas Brothers, Twilight Light characters, <laughs> <laughs> any boy who walked past the school, <laughs> animated boys, like it didn't even matter, but everyone was like fancying something. And I was just like, okay, why though? And then they were like, okay, well, uh, she must be gay or something. And then I was insisting, I'm not gay. And then, so it was kind of like a lot of speculation around what was going on with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you feel left out? Um, No, because I didn't feel like I was missing anything particularly enjoyable. It didn't seem that interesting just to be pining over boys or crying over boys or trying to get boys or fighting another girl over a boy. Like, I didn't seem like anything worth my time anyway mm-hmm. so I think other people are more perplexed by it than I was um so can I ask just because this sounds awful Yasmin but I have never met anyone in real life that's asexual um I feel like I should apologize to you for that as um, far as you know well yeah that's very <laughs> that's true okay, I bet you have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so does it mean that you don't ever have like sexual feelings about anyone um you would never find anyone attractive. Could you give me kind of like for someone like me, that's basically an idiot, um, a kind of like brief, how you would describe being asexual from your experience? Well, I mean, your description was actually quite on point because it's just not experiencing sexual attraction towards other people. So you don't experience like that sexual desire towards others. And it doesn't matter what gender they are or how nice they are. Like, for me, that that is irrelevant. I mean, it's a spectrum. So for some people, like they might experience sexual attraction very rarely, or they might only experience it if they know the person very well, and they've kind of like built up a relationship with them already. Um, but for me, it's literally just it. It doesn't really come into the equation. My sexuality is very independent of other people. <laughs> And you also said you identify as aromantic. What does that mean as well? That just means that I don't experience romantic attraction, which doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with asexuality. Although I feel like for me, they have something to do with each other. But um, there are lots of asexual people who aren't aromantic and are still interested in romance and romantic relationships. And then there are also a lot of people who aren't asexual and are aromantic as well. So <laughs> that's what it means. Okay, okay. cool. Um, so that was, sorry, we were talking about like your, I guess, teenage years and school years. Did you know the term asexual or aromantic then and identify it with that way? Or is it something that you kind of grew to relate to? Well, I mean, I was kind of making up my own words post-primary school because I quickly realized that I needed to because for some reason, once you hit puberty, everyone suddenly wants to ask you questions <laughs> about your sexuality. <laughs> so I've been kind of making stuff up, but I really, I discovered the word asexual during one of my daily sexuality quizzes that I always got, which was the, are you gay? And I was like, no. And then I was like, I usually, I use the term straight because that was the default, but I'd always be like, I guess I'm straight, but I don't like boys. And then they'd be like, well, that's not really what straight means. And then eventually someone suggested maybe you're asexual or something. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that means. And then I Googled it and I was like, oh, wow, there's a word. Okay. 
but no one else knew what that word was, like what it meant. So it was half helpful. But that's how I discovered the word. And I was about 15, like 14, 15. Was that kind of comforting to find that? Um, you know, you can finally be like, oh, that's, was it comforting to have like a label for yourself? Or did you still feel like mm, that's still, uh, you still couldn't fully relate to it? I mean, I felt like I could relate to it in the sense that like I was Googling other asexual people and I was hearing other people's experiences and they sounded very similar to mine, but it's a sexuality that you never hear about. So I was kind of wondering like, is this real or is this just like an internet thing? So yeah. <laughs> while I was like, okay, there's a word and I can use the word to describe myself in its basic form. It fits me very well. But I was like, is like, I, I had never met any asexual people. I had never learned about asexuality. And I was thinking, what if this is just like, I don't know, something that just got made up on the internet to describe awkward people that haven't got sexual attraction and it's not actually an orientation at all. So I still kind of had that question in my head, but I did have the term. You say that um, like you don't hear people talking about it or like, I guess you don't see it. You don't see asexual characters in films or anything like that. Do you think that is kind of what leads to all these really common misunderstandings that people have about asexuality? Yeah, I think it's a combination of it being constantly left out of all conversations. And mm. whenever there is any kind of representation or there's anyone who seems asexual in the media, it's always like an issue they're trying to work through. Like if yeah. there's ever a character who isn't sexually attracted to anyone, they're either the psychopath, <laughs> they're like mm. the Voldemort, or they're like, or it's something like like a Sheldon Cooper kind of thing. Where it's like, it's because they're just so robotic and they're so awkward and they can't help it, but we need to help them be a fully fledged human. So we need to help them get through that issue. And then when they do, they become way more likable and way more human. And then people apply that same arc to asexual people in real life and think, okay, well, you have an issue and you need to work through that. It's like a personality flaw or a physical flaw instead of just being like, okay, that's an orientation that has nothing to do with your character. Yeah, I never thought of that. Um. What are the other kind of common misconceptions or like what are the kind of bullshit annoying things that people wrongly think about you? Um, a pretty common one is that you just haven't found the right person yet. And that once you like encounter this amazing person, then suddenly you're just going to be like exceptionally horny for them and then you'll be <laughs> fixed. And that's that, which mm -hmm. I've never really understood. Like, and it's, and it's weird because they only say that to like asexual people. Like, would you tell a gay guy you just haven't met the right woman yet? Or would you tell like mm -hmm. a straight person like you just haven't <laughs> met the right man yet? Like it's, uh, I know, like it's it's weird. And, and it's also strange because there are a lot of asexual people who have found the right person. Like I know asexual people who are married, asexual people with children. So it's mm -hmm. like, would you tell them that their partner isn't their real partner? because they don't want to have sex with them. So like that whole that whole logic I've never understood that, but that is a very common thing to hear. And then there's just also that, you know, it's a mental issue, a physical issue, um that kind of thing or I know I've heard so many crazy <laughs> misconceptions like I have I've had like a lifetime of people asking me really weird stuff. So would you want a relationship, Yasmin? Um because also, like you were saying, you've got a lot of friends that are asexual and married. Is that because you still want, I guess, like the commitment side of a relationship or that bond with someone? You just don't want the sexual side? Well, I mean, romantic. Well, I, I don't. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> cause I'm not, I don't, I don't experience romantic attraction either, but romantic attraction and sexual attraction aren't necessarily the same thing. You could still be romantically in love with somebody and not sexually interested in them. So there is like a, a distinction there and lots of asexual people still experience whatever it is that makes people want to do all the mushy stuff and <laughs> not do the sexual stuff. Um, for me, I feel like if I was to attempt a romantic relationship, it would just feel like friendship with rules because mm. platonic is the way my mind works and all yeah. the other stuff just kind of feels like extra socialized baggage that I've never psychologically ascribed to and don't innately feel. So for me, it wouldn't really work. But for a lot of asexual people, they still have that interest. So if you watch like, because basically I, this is not a comparison really, but I think I personally don't like the idea of marriage. But if I watch a wedding, I'm like, oh, that's cute. And I cry and I really enjoy watching it because I empathize. Like, do you still love to watch love stories and you still like enjoy that, even if it's not something that you will ever have for yourself? Does that make sense? No, I've actually, I've never been the, I've never liked love story. <laughs> I don't know whether that's like, a, a, like, I mean, I can watch, like, I enjoy, like, I like Bridget Jones and stuff. <laughs> like <laughs> I grew up watching like Bridget Jones's diary, but mm. I've never liked lovey movies, but I know, I think it's also just partially the way attraction tends to play out on TV. Mm. It tends to be very quick. Like, I think I'm one of the few people watching Killing Eve that's like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, I get everything but that part. So yeah. they're like, I know, it's like a blind spot for me. I'm not, I don't know. I don't, and I think one of the reasons I don't like it is also just because it's portrayed, not just in the media, but in our culture in general as being the epitome of a human relationship. Mm. Like, friendship is okay, but it needs to become something more emphasis yeah. on the more to be a proper valid relationship anything else isn't quite as relevant you could have a hundred friends but if you're single then your life is unfulfilled and I've never really liked that narrative and I feel like that tends to play out a lot in romantic movies when all the stakes is based on whether or not they get the guy or get the girl by the end of it I'm like can't yes. you just do something for yourself I don't yeah, know it's like they suddenly get their life together I'm totally with you on that yeah like you've succeeded because <laughs> you've got a partner but about everything else you had going for you in this film <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah I've never been good with romantic stuff <laughs> and have you had what was kind of the reaction from your because do you have to um come out when you're asexual like what were your family like is that just an awkward conversation to have did because you know how you said your friends at school were questioning you did you kind of have to have that conversation with your family as well or do you just it's not their business and it's like your private business well I mean you do have to come out as asexual because people will never assume you're asexual so they'll just assume that you're a straight person with an issue if you don't <laughs> um mention that you're asexual but then for me I know I don't I don't have like that many immediate family members who are in my daily life so the only person who I really needed to kind of mention it to would be my parents because I'm an only child as well yeah. so I didn't really come up but then for my mom obviously she's lived with me my whole life so I didn't really have to say anything because it's been exactly the same I think it would be weirder if I was like by the way I want to get a boyfriend she'd be like oh really <laughs> I didn't think you were, <laughs> you were likely to do that like that would probably be weirder um 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. But then I've, I've kind of had to, I've, I know it's, it's weird because I've spent obviously my whole life trying to explain it when people have asked me and people just didn't believe me because people would just be like, oh, well, you're young. Oh, you're focused on your education. Oh, it's good to be well-behaved and not be a slut. So that's great. And they just didn't really like understand what I was trying to tell them or just willfully didn't understand what I was trying to tell them. I feel like I didn't succeed in telling friends, family, or the people in my relatively sized town that I was asexual until it was printed in Metro newspaper. I think that's when people <laughs> believed it. And they didn't yeah, prior yeah. to that. And that was only last year. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a, that's the one way to come out, Yasmin, in a national yeah, newspaper. Yeah, <laughs> Literally, it's um, the only way it works. <laughs> <laughs> now they listen. So um, you've said before that a lot of people will say to you, well, you don't look asexual. What do they mean by that? And why is that like very problematic? I mean, it's, I feel like it's like a backhanded compliment. It's kind of like that way of saying, oh, but you're good looking. So why would you be asexual? Because asexual is for ugly people that can't get laid and therefore they have to be asexual. It's pretty much how that there's pretty much a sentiment behind that when they say you don't look asexual I feel like it's just a way of saying I have this idea of what the asexual community is like Mm -hmm. and it's not great but you seem kind of great so why would you (laughs) be in that group um and I've, I've heard people say that like some people they say quite innocently like they just genuinely surprised others it's kind of like they're pretty much saying well why would you do your hair? Why would you wash your face? Why would you make yourself look even remotely presentable if you're not trying to attract someone because that's a mixed signal? So yeah, that's kind of why I hear it. As if you wouldn't for yourself. Yeah, that frustration <laughs> that we do it for the, uh, like for to attract people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So very, I always thought like in the past, I thought that's quite an old fashioned thing that like not that many people would still think that way, but a lot do. Blimey. Um, and you also said like, Obviously, there's a severe lack of representation of asexual people in pop culture. But when there is, it's often the same type of person, a.k.a. I'm guessing like a kind of mask presenting white man. Um, is that the or case? Or a homely 
or a homely looking white girl. Okay. Is, is the... <laughs> homely looking. I love that. <laughs> if that. If that kind of gives an image in your head, it's like a homely looking Emmerdale-esque white girl. And I yeah. say Emmerdale because they did have an asexual character in Emmerdale for a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, and then that doesn't really help. I personally, like I've never related to the asexual representation that I have seen on the rare occasion that I've seen it. And while some other asexual people get to like rejoice and say, look, there's someone like me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not remotely like that. Like that doesn't, I don't relate to that kind of experience. And usually in the media as well, there's often like, uh, they often lean towards romantic oriented asexuals. So they still tend to have that. I'm asexual, but I can't get a boyfriend. And now this is really challenging arc. And I'm like, yeah, I'm again, I'm not relating to that at all. Not everyone has that problem. So, yeah. And then that definitely doesn't help with the kind of the idea, like the whitewashing in the LGBT plus community anyway. And then specifically of the asexual community, people find it a lot harder to put black and asexual together, especially because black women tend to be more like hypersexualized in the media anyway. Mm. Do you think that's why some people find it even harder to accept because they have this uh, preconception about black women and then like you're the opposite of that preconception almost? Yeah. And then I guess maybe at like a glance, maybe if someone was to just scroll through my Instagram, they might think, okay, well, I mean, if she's going to dress like that, then she must be a pretty sexual person. And then I guess maybe they come up with all of their preconceived ideas before paying attention, if they're just going to judge me off my clothes or my style or something. Mm-hmm. So I know it's all kind of linked together. Yasmin, if someone did like slide into your DM, say, or like come up to you like at a bar um, and kind of try and like, I guess, flirt with you in that way, do you kind of like go along with it? Do you kind of like shut it down? Um, how do you like deal with that? Ah, uh, depends on, I mean, I tend not to hang out in bars really. <laughs> I'm not a bar person. Um, I mean, I have had, I've definitely, I mean, I work in one for a bit. So, and I was like a short girl. So that definitely happened then. Um, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, I don't, it, I have to kind of read the situation. It depends on, am I by myself? Am I getting like a vibe? Because sometimes when you try and turn people down, as I'm sure you guys probably know, it doesn't always go well. And you have to kind of like work out how safe it is to do that or how safe it is to bring something up because I've had um, some reactions where guys kind of fetishize it and they're like, oh my God, a pure woman. I'm like 10 more turned on than I was before. And I'm like, oh great, this is worse. Or they're like, I hate this. I'm going to make you not asexual and physically chase me through the darkness. So it kind of varies. So (laughs) you have to kind of read the situation. Sometimes I'll try and like have a nuanced discussion, but other times I've just, I know, I'm, I feel like I've grown a skill in dodging conversations with people yeah. throughout my life. <laughs> Those diverting tactics. Um, and I know yeah. you say um, that you're not um, repulsed by sex. Do you ever have, like, is there ever like any interest of like, I wonder what it's like, not from a, or that you'd want to sort of, try it once to just see what everyone's talking about or you just honestly just I know that sounds I don't want to sound like I'm stereotyping you back to kind of all of those 
misconceptions but do you know what I mean at that thing of like I wonder what that's actually like like what happens just nosiness yeah I mean I thought like I thought okay well I mean I've like I tried to like imagine it in my head like I've tried to like trick myself and see whether I could like get into the idea but I mean well I hate the idea of kissing I just don't like people's faces being near my face so I strongly (laughs) doubt I would enjoy (laughs) the experience I've never liked people's faces being near my face let alone their mouths um (laughs) But yeah, I thought about it, but then I'm like, uh, like real, like my immediate, like physical thoughts when it comes to myself, like, I mean, thinking about sex or like seeing it or having conversations about it, like I can do that easily. But when it comes to thinking of myself actually doing it or thinking of someone like touching me or something, my, like my nose wrinkles up, I'm like, mm, uh, <laughs> she's left the uh, room. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know why, like, that's, like, the line. I don't know. But I feel like it would be potentially a very uncomfortable situation to put myself in, which is why I've never bothered to do it. I mean, I have wondered, like, oh, maybe it wouldn't be that bad. I'm like, oh, but... uh, uh." (laughs) It's not a reason to do something because it wouldn't be that bad, is it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not how it's It's a motivating thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But also you've said before that like there are so many benefits to being asexual. Would you care to share them with us? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it saves you a lot of time in the sense that like, or not just being asexual, being aromantic too. I think both of those save you a lot of time um, because you're not seeking anything. So you don't have to spend time trying to find relationships or find encounters and then I think especially being aromantic I think that's more the the time saving Mm -hmm. thing because there I've noticed like observing people some people find being single quite stressful and they find it like a reflection of themselves and they feel less confident during that time which doesn't sound psychologically good and -hmm. then they find finding relationships seems stressful going on the whole dating cycle, feeling like, I don't know, do you need to change? Is the situation hopeless? All that kind of stuff. And then finding the relationship and having to maintain it for however long it lasts and then recovering from it once it's over and then trying to get the next partner before your ex does. And then there's like (laughs) this whole thing that I think, God, like I would not have been able to like get through my education if I was that distracted by something else because I'm an easily distracted person and that sounds like a lot of psychological effort yeah and then I guess I like specifically about sexuality I I know some people find again not having sex for like a long period of time particularly stressful I'm hearing that particularly as we're in like a lockdown some people are like (laughs) genuinely stressed if they're away from like a sexual partner and they can't get laid and again I don't have that issue Mm -hmm. so I think in those ways it's quite helpful yeah a bit of freedom (laughs) (laughs) I like that I like that the idea that like you're the master of your own um, like often when I'm in relationships I feel beholden to the other person and like oh my happiness is reliant on how they're being to me but actually the best thing about being single is that you can kind of control your happiness more captain of your own ship I feel like that's what you were going for. And you can think of the Just finishing my sentences <laughs> for me. Um, so yeah, I love that idea. It kind of just gives you like a different perspective of just like sexuality and relationships anyway. I feel like our society has a very kind of specific, rigid 
idea of how things go. But I think asexual people, like we have a lot of like kind of unconventional, but ideas that I think make sense. Like people who are like queer platonic relationships, for example, where you're kind of more than friends in the sense that you're like, you might be living together and pooling your finances, or maybe one of you will be like a sperm donor for the other, but you're never actually dating, but you'll like raise a family and have that kind of financial and like social dynamic going on. Like there are other ways to do things that I think other people don't really consider as being a viable option outside of like a comedy scenario (laughs) that actually works quite well for a lot of asexual people. Yeah. We kind of don't see the sex and relationships as being like the be all and end all of a social experience. Yeah. We're so so quick to subscribe to like the traditional. It's quite outdated really, isn't it? In a way, I guess. But the more guests we have on, the more people we talk to, I just think, God, I'm like really old fashioned. I'm like, um, you know, everyone's like boomer. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm a boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Yasmin, for anyone listening, because I feel like some people may have never heard, um, may may never have related to someone like you before. And it could be like kind of triggering a lot of thoughts. Do you have any kind of good resources for anyone um, listening who is relating to what you're saying? I mean, if you have like questions or you want to like ask other asexual people things it's helpful to um there's a website called avon the asexuality visibility and education network so it's asexuality.org they have like a really big forum that's very popular with asexual people but also i mean i guess now that we're in lockdown it's harder but i think it's also a good idea to try and meet asexual people in real life and not just like kind of be dependent on online things and there are things on like the meetups website where like well, at least formerly groups of asexual people would be able to hang out, but maybe you could have like virtual hangouts or something. I think it's helpful to talk to asexual people like face to face, or if you can't do that, even YouTube, there are a lot of like asexuality related YouTube videos or YouTubers that talk about that kind of thing. That can be helpful just to hear someone else's experience and see if it like mirrors yours. But there are a lot of different ways to be asexual. So don't get hung up on like the, I don't know, the nuances of it. So you're an asexuality activist. What have you been up to lately? And obviously during lockdown? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously lockdown kind of changed the the kind of things I was expecting to be doing at this kind of this time of year. I was hoping to do more like physical things and like asexual spaces and stuff. But instead of kind of moving things online, but I've got my I, I was recording a BBC Sounds series on asexuality which will hopefully be out this month, finally, because we recorded it a while ago. Um, It's really exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely, that was my my first presenting experience. So that was cool. Um, And I'm also like, I'm I'm doing things like, um, I mean, I have a series called This Is What Asexual Looks Like on queer fashion, where I kind of interview asexual people. And I have, I'm doing things like webinars and like stuff like that for businesses right now. Because it's still Pride Month and they still need like that kind of mentoring. So (laughs) stuff going on behind the scenes, even though we can't physically parade through the streets. (laughs) We can parade through the internet. Um, Exactly. And if someone wants to follow you on on the social medias, what how would they find you? Um, all of them are at the Yasmin Benoit. So that's T H E Y A S M I N B E N O I T on Instagram and Twitter are my main platforms. I do have a YouTube channel that you can just type in Yasmin Benoit and find that. But I'm a periodic poster for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. Thank you so much for your time.
Thank you, Yasmin. Thank and happy you. birthday for tomorrow. Great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, can we just say that it's Yasmin's birthday tomorrow and she's going to watch Rugrats in Paris, my favourite fact about her. And drink weed, <laughs> which makes her even cooler. Do you know why? I hope she won't mind me saying this. It's because she's such a goth and I feel like mead is a real goth drink. Yeah, it makes me think of Thor. <laughs> I fancy Thor so much. Um, I love talking to Yasmin. It also made me feel um, really ignorant at some points of some of the questions like I was asking her because I feel like I'm not a hugely sexual person I don't know anyone that's listened to the podcast probably gets that so there's, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> there's definitely things that I can like relate to um yeah well it's like with sex all kinds of sexuality gender it's a spectrum so you don't necessarily fall totally on the sexual or asexual side yeah um what was your I guess because you have more you've you've met more asexual people than I have like you said I probably have met them just didn't know um was there anything that you kind of learned from what she said do you know what I find so interesting is all the chat about how romantic relationships are so centered in society and like almost how they're put up on a plinth as like the be all and end all of our lives when actually for some people that's just not the case and I think I don't know well like you never see that story on tv do you? Agreed. And I know it's the most, um, I mean, it hasn't aged well, but Sex and the City, um, mm. going back to a Carrie Bradshaw thing. You know, there's in one episode, she makes a comment about finding your soulmate and about mm. how she says like, oh, I didn't, maybe I haven't found them, but I found like, I can't remember if there's four of them, but as in like her soulmates are her friends. Mm-hmm. And I do think sometimes it's true, isn't it? Like it's, you are kind of deemed worthy whether you found a romantic relationship and I think like I myself put so much on that but as well as society and like my family and Mm -hmm. you know I don't know it just was really interesting to kind of hear her like if you don't have those worries think how much kind of more stress-free you would be yeah well I mean we've been internalizing those messages since you know we read books as a kid and you know it's like it's hard to unlearn that yeah but yeah I just feel like um that was a like for me, just quite, um, I don't know if awakening is a bit over the top, but just very, um, I know, just a, a lot to digest. Shall yeah. We say. What do you usually say now? You're like, I'm going to go and think about that. <laughs> I'm trying not to say that. I love it um, when you do that. I think about it too. Right. I'm ending it here before you just keep mocking me um, okay. publicly. Um, now I go into my formal voice. This brings us to the end of this episode of Cosmopolitans All The Way With. Thanks to Yasmin for joining us and to you guys for listening. If you have any sex questions or dating dilemmas, message us on Twitter or Instagram at Cosmopolitan UK. Cosmopolitans All The Way With was recorded by Number 8 Studios remotely and is available to download on all the usual podcast apps. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.